You're listening to Rivercast, brought to you by River of Life Church in Gilderland, New York. Now here's Pastor Sean. What a great lesson, Mom and Dad, for your kids to know that even the wind and the waves obey Jesus, that the whole world is under His care and under His authority and under His power. So grateful your kids could hear that story. Kids, you can pull out your your uh, papers and your sheets. If you didn't pick them up, uh, they're out back, and feel free to do that as well. So uh, take your Bible, if you would, and turn with me to Matthew 5, and uh, so thrilling to uh, see what God is doing in Vixen's life, and it's just been awesome having Michaela part of our church, and uh, and then what a privilege, huh? You get married one day, and your brother gets baptized the next day. That's awesome. That's cool. Every weekend ought to be like this, huh? <laughs> Not a little bit of stress getting ready for your marriage in the middle of a pandemic and travel restrictions and crazy stuff. So good for you guys. Glad you did that. But uh, we're gonna st- we're starting a series this morning called we're calling blessed. And the next eight weeks we're gonna look at eight different ways that God has blessed us and points us to blessing in our in our life. Uh, we know them in in the book of Matthew as the Beatitudes. Really, it just comes from the Latin word that means means blessed or, or happy in in the Latin. And and I couldn't think of a better passage or better area to focus right now. I don't know about you, but life this summer is not exactly what I had planned out. I talk with some people. Some are just like, man, the family part's been fantastic. But others are just like, oh, this is really, we've struggled, and it's not what I expected of my family either. But, uh, and I can only imagine, frankly, as fall ramps up and kids are going back to school, that it's going to get a little weirder again, right? There's going to be another adjustment phase as you head into school, and what's going to happen? Are they letting you on campus or not campus? I had to have some of our students back, and former students and connected people. So glad you guys came here with Vixen. But I just want us to focus as a church the blessing that God has for us. And so these eight weeks, we're going to look at that. So read with me, if you would. Not going to take a very long time. We're going to really look at one verse, but read with me. Matthew 5, verse 1, and we're going to look at verse 3. The Bible says this, Seeing the crowds, he, talking about Jesus, went up on the mountain. And when he sat down, the disciples came to him. This would be more than 12. This would be a large group of people. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Get the picture. Can you picture Jesus on that hillside and seeing the crowds and the multitudes following him, looking for hope, looking for answers, working through things of life as Vixen so just wonderfully transparently shared what God was doing in his life, looking to make sense of the things in the world. And, and they were there. They just, God was working in their lives and they, they somehow knew that Jesus was one that had the answers that they needed. And so he went up on that mountain so that they could see him and have a view and his voice would carry. And he began to simply teach them truths that they had never before imagined. And, and right off the bat, he says, blessed are the poor in spirit. I can imagine those people just their heads snapped and just because everything they had heard and seen in their life would be that blessed are the rich, blessed are the wealthy, blessed are the powerful and influential. The poor, blessed, no blessing involves somebody that is poor. It's interesting how Christianity, how the gospel has always spread fastest and more readily, not among the wealthy, but among the poor. You know, Jesus said it's hard for the wealthy person to trust Christ. It's easier for the proverb of that day for an ant, a camel to go through the eye of a needle. 
than for a wealthy person to enter the kingdom of heaven. Not impossible, but more, uh, but more difficult for a person to become a follower of Jesus because poverty knows it's poor and knows that it needs help, knows that it, it needs, and, and we put our hand out and say, I need somebody help me. And that's when we're poor that we reach out for God. So I want us to notice a, a few things about the, this beatitude in, uh, specifically. But something I want us to recognize about all eight of those, and you know, we know them, blessed are those that mourn, blessed are the, the meek, blessed are the peacemakers, blessed are the persecuted. When we look at all eight of these, I want us to realize as we go through these over the next eight weeks, even though we're looking at each one one by one carefully and really unpacking it for all it's worth, don't see these as eight different people. These are not eight different kinds of people that, that maybe you're like, okay, which one of these am I going to be? This is not the Bible's version of the latest Facebook test. You know, what color you are or car you would be if you were a car or whatever, flower. But you guys know what I'm talking about, right? The social media people do. The others that on are like, what in the world are you talking about? It makes no sense. And I would agree with you. It does not make any sense, but people love it, and they do these tests all the time. This is not eight different things to say, what kind of Christian am I that is in this passage? Actually, this is one person. This is, should be you. The Bible's pointing you and me saying, look at our life, that these things should be a part of our life and that these are a blessing that we have. They're available to all. They're available to, to all that would follow Jesus and they're all free. They don't cost you anything. How many things in life that we want, that we want to be blessed with, all cost us money, right? I happened to be uh, at a store uh, yesterday and there was the the makeover show that was playing, and it, was it, is there a zombie makeover? Is that such a thing? A, a zombie house, you know, where you buy like these derelict houses, and you're all looking at me like I'm funny. Well, maybe that was a made-up name, but the woman made the comment, like this was a horrible house that was being fixed over, like the roof was rotting. It was, it was terrible. You would not. It would buyer beware, do not buy this house. And the person's comment was, wow, it's amazing what money can do. Right? Isn't that the baseline of what we recognize in our world? These things are blessings. Pandemic or not, rich or poor, makes no matter that all of these are the blessings of God that He wants to be ours. So Jesus is helping us to realize it, to focus, to reorient our life around these. So notice the first thing about this I want us to see this morning is that blessings, true blessings, come from God. True blessings come from God. We in our life, most of us have been brought up, been raised, and it's kind of who we are as people to try to bless ourselves. We, we want to go and procure and we will try to buy our way to blessing, eat our way to blessing, manipulate our way to blessing, or somehow secure the things that will make our life blessed, right? Can we all agree we want to live life with the blessings of life upon us? And what Jesus is telling us is that our orientation needs to be different, that these blessings actually come from God. I read this morning in Psalm 104, my devotion time, and Psalm 104 talks all about the incredible things of God and how He takes care of this world and He feeds the animals and He takes care of us as people and how He's given us so many tangible blessings in this world and they all come from Him. So as we look at this, this, this uh, beatitude, that we should recognize that our real blessings come from God, and it's a mistake when you and I begin to forget that. It's a mistake when we somehow begin to put our focus on 
whatever project we have going on or our life in front of us or somehow we think, well, if I can just get that job, then I'll be blessed. If I can just have that relationship, then I'll be blessed. If I can just get that, then I'll be blessed. And the reality is, is that God says, no, you can be blessed apart from any and all of those things. And I'm blessing you. And my blessing starts with, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Let me take a minute to explain that word blessing. It's a word, oftentimes, it's kind of a code word in the Christian world, right? If, we're, if I'm out and, and doing shopping or if I'm working with somebody and somebody says the word blessed, 99% of the time, they are a person who at least goes to church, believes in God, very possible, if not likely, a follower of Jesus, right? That's not a word that tends to be that common in the world around us. I heard one uh, preacher recently on uh, the radio, just a little a snippet, a soundbite of his message, and he talked about blessed just means happiness and that God wants us to be happy. And this is a preacher, not like Second. Peter, that we talked about false teachers in the world. This guy I know, and I've listened to a number of his things, and I would say he generally is, I would agree with the vast majority that he teaches and teaches true, but I took a little bit of exception there. Does God want us to always be happy? I'm not sure I'm comfortable saying that. I'm not sure God would have allowed sadness in the world if that wasn't a part of reality and all the other emotions that go with it. Uh, I, yesterday, I came to the realization that our well pump went out, like to the tune of I've got to pay somebody, you know, we're talking $1,000, couple thousand, $3,000 to fix it. Was I happy in that moment when I discovered that reality? Not really. When I was sanding my floor and it took me a lot longer yesterday than I really wanted it to be, and I'm trying to get the, the rental machine back, and I accidentally hit the cord and it caught it and wrapped it up in it and sparks didn't fly, but I was like, oh no, I just bought a cord for Home Depot. Thank you very much. Was I happy in that moment? No. Happiness, blessing doesn't equal happiness. Happiness is based on our circumstances of life. Does God want us to have moments of happiness? Yeah, I'm not advocating that we should all just walk around just terrible and horrible. I'm not saying that at all. God does want us to experience joy. That's part of the fruit of the Spirit in our life. But be careful. Because in our culture, in our world, we have elevated happiness to trump every other emotion on the planet. And truth of the matter is, is that the other emotions are there too, and they're helpful for us, and they're important in our life. And if we're not careful, if we make that our North Star goal to which we serve, we will miss God, we will end up serving ourselves, we will run over the top of other people and not serve them, because all the while we're just trying to be self-indulgent, self-focused, I just want to be happy. And we'll do anything we can to be happy. In fact, we'll criticize and we'll complain and we'll gossip and we will ruin a relationship with someone because we want happiness out of that relationship rather than doing what God calls us to do. So be careful. Blessing can involve us being happy, but not always. Right down the line, we're going to talk about blessed are those who mourn. When I am mourning and in that season of mourning... I struggle to be happy, and that's okay. That's a part of being a mature Christian person, realizing that's a part of the world around us. But back to where we need to be, 
Blessings come from God. You and I get into trouble when we try to do God's job for Him when it comes to us. God, I should have this. And we spend more than we should, and we do things that we shouldn't do. We begin to think things that we shouldn't. And all the while, we're just trying to feed our happiness or our blessing, and we're trying to really do God's job. So I want to challenge you this morning. If you're getting in the way of God, trust that God is going to bless you. Trust that God's going to take care of you. He's going to provide for you. Don't get in His way. Let Him do it. And He's telling us that blessing comes by being poor in spirit. And that's the second thing I want us to recognize. That we're blessed when we're poor in spirit. You see, those people that were listening to Jesus, they were not the wealthy. They were the downtrodden. They were the average ordinary person. They were the fishermen. They were who were not wealthy individuals at all. They were taking care of, of life the best they knew how to. And everything in their life and world that they saw the rich and famous are the ones that are blessed and living up the dream and living the life, right? That's what the goal was. And they had lived enough life to realize that wasn't their world. And Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit. Now what does it mean to be poor in spirit? He didn't say poor. He's not talking about money, right? We all understand that. But he said, poor in spirit. Well, when you're poor in spirit, you are spiritually poor. You are devoid of spiritual resources. You are spiritually bankrupt. You are spiritually destitute. You are spiritually impoverished. You are spiritually needy. You are spiritually homeless. You are spiritually hungry. There's, you, you're spiritually... You are not in good shape, right? We understand poverty at some level and the world in which that, that, those realities. And Jesus says, you're blessed when you are spiritually poor. Now, the pragmatic reality is, is that everybody is born into this world spiritually poor. Every person on the planet. So what Jesus is really telling us is that blessed are you when you recognize that you are spiritually poor. That's really what he's saying to us. Everybody that's born in this world is spiritually bankrupt. Paul the Apostle, who lived his whole life being as good as he could possibly be, being the most religious man that he could possibly, wasn't good enough. And he eventually came to the place when he said, when I look inside of me, there is no clean thing, nothing pure, nothing godly, Nothing good. He says, I am spiritually bankrupt. See, every person's born into this world with, with the sin in their life and in their heart and the, the self-focus and the desire to take care of and, and, and feed themselves and, and, and just live life all about them. And we're spiritually broken. If you, cut, if you turn on the news at any given day or if you you know, read the headlines, or if you're just reading what's, I don't know what your news feed is, if you're a Twitter follower for news, I don't get my news there, I just tend to scan the internet for different things, but if you were to come to the common denominator of all the junk and the messes and the horrible atrocities in the world, it's because people are spiritually bankrupt. And the world out there is spiritually bankrupt, and it's a picture. When you and I look at that stuff, it's like you and me looking in the mirror, seeing our own soul realities. And that we're spiritually bankrupt. And Jesus said, if you want to take the path to blessing, to experience a blessed life, 
a life in which you experience the blessing of God, you start this journey by recognizing your own spiritual poverty, your own sin depravity. Now, this is difficult for us as people. It's a road that most people, when they see that exit, they don't want to take it. I'm not getting off here. I'm going to keep on going. See, we spend our whole life covering up, right? Our flaws. We spend our whole life hiding our mistakes. We spend our whole life blaming other people for our realities. You make me so mad. Because you did that, I did this. And when you get into fights, we go back to that. And we, we cover up those things. We blame others. And we, we play the victim. And Jesus is like... Yeah, that's not going to work well for you. If you're not willing to deal with reality in your own heart, you can't be blessed. The road to blessing with God means you and me coming clean and being willing to face those realities. Many people, I fear most people, are not willing to do that. When they begin to feel the conviction of God, and they begin to feel the feelings of badness, they'd rather feel happy in that moment, and they run the other direction truth of the matter is, is they don't get happiness the other direction either. But they don't want to face those realities. What they don't know is this, that we have to experience that poor in spirit, that spiritual poverty first, because we can't fix any of this stuff. And once we realize we're spiritually poor, then we're willing to put our empty hand out to God and say, God, I got nothing, but would you overcome my spiritual poverty? Would you save me? Would you forgive me? And just like the person on the street who has nothing and, and asking for somebody to give them something, we have to come to that place where we say, God, I've got nothing. God, would you, would you give me? Would you save me out of your spiritual resources, out of your perfection, out of Jesus who died for me, who lived a sinless life, would you save me and forgive me? You see, all the other things that we do that we think are worthwhile are really not worthwhile. All the religious steps we take, that's why we are so careful of baptism because Jesus told us to be baptized. That's why we do it. But some people make a mistake thinking that somehow that that's going to wash away their sins or if they just get baptized that that's going to take care of it. Well, that's a thing that we do. That's not a thing that God did. That's something that, that Vixen and I and we as a church participated together, and we did that. The, the poverty that God overcomes spiritually is, is something He does supernaturally in our heart when we just hold our empty hands of faith and say, Jesus, would you save me? Would you give me? I'm totally, completely destitute. You see, we can face our spiritual poverty when we have hope that God will receive us and that God has a solution to it. Most of our life, we run away because we've experienced what happens when we face our problems. When we admit to it, we got in trouble as kids, right? So better to hide. Kids, you didn't hear that. You always tell your mom and dad what you did and own up to it, even though your mom and dad did the same thing as you did, right? We, we, we want to hide. Our, our whole world is... is, is filled that way, and we want to blame and, and shuffle off responsibility, and the process that God takes us through, it, it's painful on the front end, but it's you and me 
coming to terms that we are spiritually bankrupt before a holy God in heaven, that we've got a bill before Him because of our sin that we can't possibly begin to pay, and that we will spend the rest of our life, yea, all of eternity, paying that off if we don't come to this point of recognizing our need. See, spiritual poverty, when we come to realizing that, that's the first step for us receiving any other blessing because then we reach out. Then we're willing to say, God, I need, I need you. So don't see that spiritual poverty as a bad thing. We're not supposed to walk around as followers of Jesus after we receive our salvation just like, oh, I'm just spiritually bankrupt. How are you today? Oh, I'm spiritually bankrupt. I just... You know, Eeyore is, should not be written on the back of our jersey. You know, we're not carrying his name. Are there some days where you should feel that? Yeah. When the conviction of God and He's disciplining you and He's teaching you in love. But we should move past that. And we should never recognize that within us are any good thing. That anything that you and I have that's good is God's. That's why 2 Peter ended up saying, now and forever, that all to the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's all we've got. Third and last thing, and I'm going to share and I'll be done. Not only does blessing really come from God, and that blessing starts with us realizing our spiritual poverty, but I want you to notice what that blessing brings. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You get the oxymoron here? Poor kingdom. You're poor spiritually, but if you're willing to recognize it and face it and then take that step of faith is where that logically goes, then you get a kingdom. Poor people don't expect a kingdom. And the Bible says not just in the ordinary kingdom, but the kingdom of heaven, an eternal kingdom, a supernatural kingdom, a kingdom in which there is no end. No, no end whatsoever. And Jesus says, yours, it belongs to you doesn't belong to somebody else. belongs to you. You don't have to wonder if you're stealing it or borrowing it or somebody's going to take it away from you. It's yours. I love this particular one that Jesus tells us because notice it says the word is. Most all the others talk about a future thing and those are carefully translated. Most are... And going to be later on, they shall be comforted, he says in verse 4. In verse 5, they shall ultimately inherit the earth. All of the other ones except the first one and the last one are is right now. What Jesus is saying this, if you're willing to face the reality of your spiritual bankruptcy, then today the kingdom of heaven can be yours. Not maybe, not hopefully sometime in the future, but today, that God wants us to experience His kingdom, heavenly kingdom, right now on this earth. Sean, seriously? Like I've lived long enough. This ain't heaven. There's some heavenly moments that we have, and there's some times that we can feel like heaven, but I would agree, this is not heaven on earth. If this is what heaven's all about, uh, I got gypped in this deal somehow, right? <laughs> you know, like this is not a good... I got... I, got, I missed out on that somehow. What the Bible is telling us is that today, if you're willing to face your poverty, then God's kingdom is a part of your world. 
The reason it becomes a part of your world is because you receive God as your king. You receive Jesus as your Lord. You receive him as your Lord and your Savior, as your king. You see, God's kingdom is where God is king. I've always explained to my kids when they would ask me, like, where is heaven? I'm like, oh, my goodness. I can't explain it to an adult, much less a kid. It's always harder to explain things to kids than it is an adult, right? That just Kids make my knees not way more than you adults. You're a piece of cake. I can talk all day long with you. But a little kid's like, heaven? Like, you know, what? I don't know. Like, I don't know where it is. I don't, I don't know anything about it. I didn't make, you know, I've never written up like you write to Santa Claus, you know, to the North Pole. You know, you don't write a letter to heaven, you know, signed to God or any kind of thing. I just always told my kids is that God is everywhere, but heaven is God's special place. And that seemed to like get them by. So I'm going to stick with that with them and I'll stick with it with you. Like that's what most parents do. Like, okay, let's just get by this one and maybe they'll, they'll move along to the next question. But that part of where God is king is in your life today. And that does mean that you live this life as a citizen of heaven. Not just a citizen of this earth, but you live for something more. Something much more significant, something much more lasting, something much more valuable, something with much more purpose, something much more blessing, that you're living for the God of all glory because you're a part of His kingdom, you're one of His citizens, you're one of His kids. And the Bible says, it's reminding us that when we face that spiritual poverty and we lean into that and we accept our reality, but we accept His grace and His forgiveness of our sins, that we join Him in His kingdom. And that's a reality today. Now, some days doesn't feel a whole lot like that, and I get that. But what Jesus is reminding us is, gang, we're blessed today. We're a part of God's kingdom. We can walk around like, oh, my goodness, we're in a pandemic, and then this and that, and what's happening with schools, and everything's going on, and things we can't do. And, and Jesus would be like, hey, guys, let's get the real important things out of the way first. Like pandemic news, way down here. Kingdom God news, Way more important, way bigger, more real. Let's keep these things in perspective. You today are part of the kingdom of God. And today God wants you to experience that blessing of being His kid in His kingdom. As you walk in this world, and as you make your way around it, yes, there are going to be days that are difficult and moments that are trials and things that will be difficult. But God says, you're one of my kids and you today are in my kingdom because you're willing to face your poverty. You're willing to face the reality of your sin and own up to it and find forgiveness through my son Jesus. You're my kid. You're in my kingdom. So guys, this is a blessing you don't pay for. Mom and dad, it's a blessing that you get to pass on to your kids, that you don't have to try to get them into the next class Mom and Dad, we face such pressures and grandparents in the room to make sure, you know, get your kids this and make sure they have that and all of these things. It's a challenge for you and me to sit back and say, wait a minute, my kid may not get into all of these classes or may not have all of this stuff or may not whatever, and I may not be able to do all of that, but you know what? I can help my kid be one of God's kids and experience the kingdom of heaven right now. There's no greater blessing, mom and dad, than you can give your kids than that. Everything else pales in comparison. If these are realities, then you and I need to not only adjust the way we, we look at our kids and our families and what we take as priorities, it means we need to, to not complain and gripe so much. And I'm talking to me as much as everybody else. But we need to walk around and say, 
yo, I'm blessed. I am today. The kingdom of heaven belongs to me. Put your heart there today, guys. Can you do that? If you don't know Jesus is Lord and you really are one of those that have hidden kind of, or maybe, you, maybe you've owned up your sin, but you thought that you could do all of this stuff, be really religious and go to church and get baptized. Jesus says, none of that's anything. That's like going to the store and trying to buy something with Monopoly money. Like We think that it's got value and God's looking at us like, yeah, I'm sorry, that currency doesn't work here. It works in your little game but not in my real world. The only currency that works is the blood of Jesus Christ who covers our sins. So you need to lean in and let go of all that other stuff that you've trusted in and simply surrender your life to Jesus, receiving His forgiveness just as Vixen did this past week and receive Him as Lord of your life. But whichever of those are that you need encouragement, challenge to what blessing is or whether you need to take that step of faith, I'm going to give you a second as I pray to just kind of take that moment to think and pray before God yourself. So respond to Him with what He's put in your heart. Maybe the story of Vixen helped you consider those realities in a special way. But whichever, take that step before I close in prayer. So pray with me, would you? Father, the things that are in people's hearts that they're thinking, that they're praying, I pray that you would answer those. God, thank you that we today have and belongs to us the kingdom of heaven. Lord, I don't understand how you share with us your special place, how you share with us yourself to give us the privilege to live with you even after all of the sin and all of the poverty that, that we are bankrupt before you, all the things that we've done to offend you. Lord, thank you for your graciousness and goodness in receiving us. Father, help us to live in that reality, to not have heaven just to be something afar off and maybe one day, but for it to be real in our life today, to hold our head high, to be encouraged, and to be challenged to live today because we're one of your kids. We're a citizen of heaven. Father, I pray this blessing on all of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Rivercast, brought to you by River of Life Church in Gilderland, New York. Visit us on Sundays at 10 a.m. or online at riveralbany.com.